Hello, listener. Good day to you. Today on the pod, we will preview the game between Liverpool and Arsenal. And uh, from a Liverpool perspective, try to see how Liverpool might fare in the coming weeks, especially in the light of recent injuries and their priorities for the season, given that AFCON is just around the corner. We'll also take a look at Arsenal's recent resurgence, their style of play, and how it all seems to be falling in place. Right, there, listener. Welcome back to Google Football Podcast. Before we proceed, uh, and while you're at it, it will be great if you could press the follow button for the pod, uh, whether you're listening on Google, Apple, or Spotify. That will ensure you do not miss out on any episode of this pod of ours. Talking of missing the pod, my apologies, as I myself was on a long, long break since the last time you heard from me out here. Uh, some can put it on that 5-0 drubbing Man United faced of the hands of Liverpool at Old Trafford. But it wasn't just that. Although, yes, I was moved a bit. <laughs> For professional and personal reasons, I was traveling the country. Uh, but the international break is over, thankfully. And uh, so is mine. Talking of Liverpool, our today's guest must have had a nice smile on his face hearing 5-0 at Old Trafford. So, without further ado, let me introduce our today's guest. He's one of the loudest voices that comes out of the Delhi Cop. In his spare time, he works as a data scientist, and the rest of the time, he follows Liverpool Football Club quite religiously. And he's been doing that for quite a while now. In the time left over, he hangs around with his dog. Ladies and gentlemen, Varun Bell. Varun, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Amul. Thanks for this uh, quite a warm introduction. But yeah, um, it's been uh, quite a long time. Uh, we've spoken around football on lengths. Um, I remember our days back when we used to write, used to create contents, used to basically share our thoughts and opinion across. And probably uh, a group of, um, probably we can say, rival fans, uh, United, <laughs> Chelsea, Liverpool being there and all being rationals and being conversant of the fact that how a club grows and not mm. always bashing around. So, missing those discussions and it's it's been, uh, I feel lucky that I've again got a chance to probably talk around some pointers around that and the way we all follow football, I think Premier League especially, it's, it's a great chance for us to again mix our thoughts around, maybe change our opinion at times. Uh, those are rare <laughs> occasions, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. I think let's let's move forward and talk about the agenda for the today and we'll, we'll probably go on lengths uh, on the hot topics around Liverpool and Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, listener, like Varun said, uh, kind of known each other for quite some time and uh, that's one of the reasons Varun is here and hopefully we'll hear a lot from him on this pod going forward. Right. We will preview this game between teams fourth and fifth in the league. A massive game nevertheless. Liverpool yeah. versus Arsenal at Anfield. West Ham United are top three and after seven months and 25 games, Liverpool have lost. Liverpool have failed to win their last two games in the Premier League since they beat Man United 5-0. Arsenal, on the other hand, have won their last three in the league and are unbeaten. Believe it or not, they are, are unbeaten since getting beat 5-0 by Man City. While that game at Old Trafford, uh, Liverpool beat 5-0. I hate to say it again and again, but <laughs> that doesn't seem a long time ago. 
the game at the Etihad surely was, and it has been some fight by from the Gunners. Warren, yep. talking Liverpool here, strictly Liverpool. What should be happening at Melbourne here to turn this a little dip in form? You know, beaten by West Ham, conceding three goals at the Olympic Stadium the other day, two conceded at Anfield against Brighton, and uh, two against Atleti. Albeit they won that game, but they still are conceding goals and are fourth, surprisingly. And also, if you could share your thoughts on Arsenal and, and Mikel Arteta and how they have turned things around recently. Again, you know, that game against Man City was, must have been such a downer for, for the whole for the whole fan base, for the whole for the whole club. Um, but obviously, they've turned it around. At least it looks like that. And uh, this one should be a good test for them. What do you think? Yeah. So, just just a small mention there now. The news would be coming out from Kirkby as Liverpool shifted it training ground from Melwood. I know that was a... <laughs> you oh. missed out on that, yeah. Right. You missed out on that. There was a slight movement happened behind the scenes during COVID. So, yeah, it's it's no more Melwood. Even I'm sad because that was a very familiar name. Like, talking about Scousers coming from Melwood. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, talking about, as you mentioned, for the last two games, Liverpool haven't looked up to that... Uh, sharpness to that to have to that cohesiveness that they were showing in the start of the season but i think uh, even you would agree to the fact that the the way games are coming thick and fast um being international between the la, the f- previous international break and between this international break the clubs have played like eight games and it's down to rotation that the manager tries to bring in but the games are Champions League games and the Premier League games and FA Cup also coming into the picture. So, they can't just take those things lightly. But we cannot overshadow what Arteta has done since Man City. Although, I would say there has been only one big fixture that Arteta made his mark on. That was the win against Spurs. But Spurs, on the other hand, again, were on a quite lackluster mode under Nuno. They they were playing quite slow. They were playing from behind a lot, not attacking. So, Arteta clearly got a better of him. But I think there be, we should still see the and still again feel the trade-off between Liverpool and Arsenal is still huge. There is a huge gap to fill in uh, for Arsenal to again match the standard that Liverpool, likes of Liverpool and City have mandated in the Premier League so far. I have seen all Arsenal game closely this season because I have been following their few of their players very closely, especially Emil Smithrow and Baki Osaka. So what I have from what I have seen, um, I think it is uh, down to Arteta changing his philosophy a little. Now he's, if you see, he's kind of playing two number tens. Uh, I see both Baki Osaka, although he's trying to be starting from the flanks but he, during the course of the game he comes a little in between and plays with Emil Smithrow so these are, it's like playing with two number 10s and then you have Oba to anchor on top of it so that I think that change that he has brought in and along with we've seen their defence being solidifying from the defeat against City and just before the defeat to City I think they had a very uh, handsome win of 6-0 against Wimbledon as well so that I think the confidence was building but it was just about the team as a unit as a group that you do not rotate much to just create and which Arteta I think is getting uh, day by day he's getting closer to that Um, given the fact the way they have improved again on paper Liverpool doesn't seem 
that that much favorite now because if you consider the if you talk about arsenal facing liverpool next to the man united game then we would have pulled out arsenal completely but during that particular course of time i think it has uh, it has it has grown so arsenal clearly look at par maybe on and if there would be a chance i think they could score against liverpool might get a lucky uh, win as well if because liverpool hasn't been on on that sharpness and considering as you mentioned um this international break has always hurt liverpool a long time and the period that is coming which is like within six game weeks we have 10 games and that's i think that's ridiculous to even start off with although it's good for us as fans but yeah i mean it's it's for players and managers to manage it's it's a big task yeah right right exactly it was coming to that the liverpool play arsenal uh, at 5:30 pm uk time 11 pm our india time on saturday um and uh, we mentioned the international break there seems to be a growing injury list um at liverpool um what are your thoughts of liverpool chances not just going into the game but you know like you mentioned the growing run to christmas given the fact there are currently nine players um on the uh, injury table what do you think of that seems pretty bad especially yeah. like what like you said you know 10 games in whatever weeks wow six yeah <laughs> yeah that's even that's the, the the run is scary and even that that also brings you the fact that the current list is nine but that might shoot up to some 13 as well but it's the same scenario for every team so i should be talking in all fairness to that that this this can happen to any team it's not that i should crib about the fact that liverpool are uh, don't have their main players maybe at in on full fitness but that's what we expect from bigger teams that they have that depth to even right. rotate during this time and uh, that's where the edges uh, you mm-hmm. you have from a, a smaller t- team to to a bigger team but yes i have i even i went to the injury list today and i was trying to track and uh, catch up on what what's the latest on on the players players information and i could see i sadio might be in contention to start mm. off it so in terms of the front line i think we with jota uh, as a good replacement for uh, bobby it's it's always a, a healthy front three uh, i feel even one of them gets injured there is a uh, good room for uh, the others to kick in and jota is always uh, like excited for any opportunity that comes to his disposal whereas origi also uh, i think entered the list today he was subbed off stretched off uh, during the second half in in the belgium game so the, the list the list keeps on growing but i feel uh, i have not heard anything serious on part of andy to could be sidelined or hendo to be sidelined and mane which i feel i'm quite uh, hoping that they'll be fine for the for this arsenal game uh, because hendo i think uh, we've seen on social medias and other channels even media doesn't rate hendo that high but for a liverpool fan we know how inevitable personality he's in the playing 11 so him i don't want to miss out on him and i can probably think of if even mane misses out ox can fill in uh, with the flank and jota would be a front so there there is fair chance of rotation and but with others navigata um i feel <laughs> we've been always hyped about that there will be a point that this guy will kick start and there have been moments <laughs> uh, but every moment every good 2 3 
good run of games is followed by a game where he's like subbed off in within the 20th minutes there is a hamstring or sometime in a strain so it's been a recurring thing mm. and i'm not sure when klopp runs out of his timeline with him but he feels fairly confident that there will be success with him um he's been very vocal in the press conferences and um talking about navy keta highly of him that how good he is in the training and what difference he brings to the table as well so that's and considering the fact that he is gelled up well when we so i have it's a it's a it's not a big start like we don't have a good amount of data to back it but since last mid season uh, when the this this uh, after the covid pandemic liverpool have just lost one game in which navy keta started out of all so which is one big thing that they wow. not tend to lose when he's on the pitch there is more control in the game and that's even when someone is watching from an eye test point of view they he'll, they'll see there is a difference uh, the ball is been held well by the team so that is yeah. one thing we'll miss out on curtis again a silly injury he has a cut in his eye and uh, which then formed an infection so this it club was expecting him to be back after the ib but again that seems unlikely again two two games likely he's going to miss again and probably back by mid december i feel um talking about james miller now james miller has had struggles i mean he's uh, we we've kept him as a backfill but sometime i think club overruns him or overplays him in consecutive <laughs> games so that's where the age factor comes in and the fitness the actual fitness test is right. uh, but yeah he's been uh, i think he'll be back um, he's on his way back he's been doing light training sessions and similar same goes for harvey elliot i mean what a recovery uh, yeah. he's done in last two months I, it it felt like it'll be a horror it might not come till jan I, it could still be a uh, scenario that club doesn't bring him in back in the team by jan because he's always been a slow pusher towards his player after any sort of injury we've seen with joe gomez and van dyke they could have played at the end of the last season as well but club didn't push mm-hmm. it and uh, he, he wanted them to have a good pre-season and come back as sharp as possible so my the case with harvey elliot too because we do have uh, players to fill in for him i just hope thiago stays fit he's had his own concerns with the team hasn't yet clicked for liverpool i would say yeah doesn't seem to be as a leader as he was at bayern and there have been again rumors floating around that xavi wants him back at um, barcelona so we we might not should not just discard that interest as well because maybe he'll probably push for a spain move and right there there's always a chance because he's in twilight of his career i don't think so he's he's not a preferred member in the spain spain's playing 11 now as well so could be could be pushing for a move next season maybe this might be so we like as a liverpool fan and i think even in the liverpool community it's not won't be a very big thing that if we lose out on thiago because he hasn't uh, generated the impact we were looking into but yeah he's always a good figure a world class player face on your playing 11 and the experience that he brings in is also unparalleled so yeah injury list is growing but i hope klopp should manage with that he's had his in last four years one thing is learned that liverpool and luck doesn't go hand by hand and we've seen <laughs> in prior season as well so he would be a kind of accustomed to the scenario that after ib he will bash the media he will bash uh, international managers for calling their players having long flights not able to rest and then then getting physically bashed during the game so 
he he will always put his uh, mouth in f- forward for this and i think he do get support from pep quite a bit on this as well so and i think conte is also in in favor of less game time for players so these these things will come in play all the time but i think it's it's a game where Klopp would have a tactical edge over Arteta as well. He's played him multiple times. Although Arteta has got better of him twice, but mm. still in those games it was quite close. One game it was a game between the youths of both teams, and Arsenal Arteta still played a better side in FA Cup round. So, but I don't see injuries hampering Liverpool a bad result this time around. But had it been a more of a backline uh, concern that. we don't have a cb in place i think that's when we struggle mm. the most we right. do have simikas to fill in for robertson if he's sideline for this particular game or rested for this particular game mm. uh, it would be it would be a fairly easy rotation for klopp and i think it's an opportunity for others to get going as well i think minamino and ox are craving for a chance so this is this one is a handsome game to just go about yourself and like show bring on a result and i think that also helps klop to rotate in the cl as well now because mm-hmm. we've now qualified for uh, uh, for the knockout stages so he has couple of games to shuffle his squad rest his key players salah needs a rest big time and mm-hmm. yeah that's that's my point of view right now no i think quite good build up that you gave there i'll, I'll come to that why uh, and before i go there firstly you know uh, good stuff for uh, harvey elliot because like you said it was a horrible injury and good luck to the young lad uh, that he comes back soon and pretty sure liverpool will need him um, and uh, pretty important fixtures coming in obviously but also the afcon is coming in and um, you know all this talk about that you mentioned about rotation and players being rotated and people like ox and minamino uh, craving for game time i think it will be a good sort of match time which you know these players can get now while these uh, you know 10 12 players are injured because the afcon's coming up obviously liverpool will be without mane salah and the injured keita talking of that you know how do you, how do you see liverpool's chances in the league especially with considering afcon coming in in january and do you do you feel or do you think there should be or is there already a shift in priorities for the season uh, i don't know maybe adding another european cup to the cabinet or kind of make doing with the faa cup or the league cup or do you think liverpool still have it to go for the league uh, provided the afcon might be a hindrance yeah afcon i was just reading few days back that afcon i think is start kick starting jan 22 so it's a delayed start it was earlier expected to be early jan so like just after the festive period but i think that's a delayed start and i don't know how uh, liverpool have prioritized in back filling for salah and mane because if bobby let's say is sideline for an extended length his hamstring tears seems to be pretty bad right now he's not surely going to to play in the next 10 games that's that's a given thing and and there he's a quick healer but i i don't see he coming back from that too early i don't know the transfer market plans it's liverpool have not not even any journalist is talking about any player jude was linked bellingham was linked but i think that's a far sighted move there are enough uh, buyers for him on the on the table right now and i think there are prefer, he would prefer a move to those clubs rather than liverpool and uh, borussia connection might help club but i don't see that happening as well uh, there is no such player that i see can be 
directly brought into the playing 11 right now i'm who's available mm-hmm. in terms of the league uh, scenario right now i think the appetite among the team is still to win it all uh, it's right. still uh, the the club all the players especially trent robo and hendo they've been quite vocal about uh, giving this club a treble within with with this unit with this group mm-hmm. of players and they've always been quite uh, aggressive about that liverpool we've been working hard towards these goals and so i think the league is uh, as you know we we don't say much about predictability of premier league and uh, we still keep it open and probably after the christmas period is there we see how the things would shape up the gap between the leaders and the mid table would increase and we'll, i'm probably seeing it is a three horse race between chelsea city and liverpool um yeah. there's hardly to separate these three clubs right now but um, yeah chelsea looks the best right now to me they are more organized that i've seen than both liverpool and city so far they we are very leaky uh, in terms of the defense and uh, mm-hmm. that could be the one factor that klopp has to look into um in comparison to city and uh, chelsea we if you, if i talk about the areas where liverpool are struggling we are struggling to match set pieces we are not defending the set pieces pretty well like we've been doing in the past season when van dijk was at his top so that that thing lingering thing i think most teams i think west ham took advantage of that in the last game week and other clubs arsenal are also he arsenal have been so good uh, on their corners as well gabriel being a, one of the main threats so i feel these things klopp would look into in the upcoming fixture but other than that i think it's a very tight period coming considering afcon and i haven't heard a word yet out of any journalist mouth or anything how liverpool are going to cope during that period and uh, it's a given that salah and it was also uh, there was a rumor that afcon might get pushed to next year also or maybe and uh, this one might get cancelled because of the virus threat and everything the pandemic going around and i think there was some other health emergency as well in some of the country which uh, not able to recall so that might get pushed but i think that that rumors are also aired away um in terms of the preparation i feel that if liverpool get through this next 10 game weeks which is till the start of the next year if they get i think out of the 30 30 points available if we are around 24 26 i think that's the best we can expect for the team right now and to be still in contention with um chelsea and city because they have a very tasty run of fixtures uh, mm-hmm. coming in place and i don't see them missing out and i don't know how united to have a very good fixture run but i they've just stumbled uh, a pile back i was hooting for them uh, i would hooting is a big word for them maybe but i was seeing them as one of the big contenders this season challenging because of the ronaldo mentality factor it's, yeah. it's just that what he brings to and you could see in the initial games as well now people have been vocal that the transfer maybe wasn't the right choice for united but i don't see that at all i think it's it's more about to the other players in other individuals as well in the team to just come to his level the way he approaches a game but that's i think that's where the team is lacking right now I am still very skeptic of this title. I don't see Liverpool as the best yet. I think we still have a lot of dwelling areas, but we do are doing well in Europe. I think that's one thing we should not just discard. Klopp is still 
very much looking at another CL to to his cabinet. But considering the other the way other teams are growing around, I still feel that is very hard to manage. the The year in which Liverpool actually won the Champions League, we could see the old Madrid fading away. We could see the Barcelona internal issues rising up. So there were external factors which haven't never been brought to light, but it just paved way for a club like Liverpool to just go all through because you never expect uh, a Spurs and a Liverpool final, right? You would always expect a club from a German top league like Bayern to be there, Juventus to be there. Like it's some representation and not all PL. Similarly, that was in the case of Europa as well. So that was just a happy, happy PL year, which we hadn't seen in a while. We've been seeing La Liga domination, Bayern Bundesliga domination for quite some time. So that that just faded away for that particular year. And now I think things are going back to normalcy. So we won't, may, might not see. It's Pep is obviously gearing up for that thing, but he does not, I think, has a main striker to give him that trophy yet. I feel City are lacking there and that's why as a unit, I feel Chelsea are the best fit team to uh, get away with this title this time around. Although it's still early days, we might not know what happens to the team in the season. And considering the way games are packed, there are a lot of injuries. And one big injury in central midfield for Chelsea can hamper their uh, results as well. So that's where we every manager has to be a bit cautious about that how they rotate their team. Tuchel... To that fact of rotation, Tuchel has been quite lucky. We've previously I've seen that the managers who tend to rotate a lot also struggle with their results. But with Chelsea hasn't had that much failure. He's always been the way in whichever position he rotates, the player are performing for him. And I think the pool of player that he also has is just outrageous. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a long list of players. So in that perspect, I will not keep my hopes high for this season. Maybe a cup trophy. I'm expecting a silverware, but my PL, mm. I think, is if if the if this current form continues, I think that might not be uh, a team that will come true. Yeah. Mm. I think you're right there. More, most of it, I kind of do disagree on that uh, Chelsea point because I think uh, Tuchel has, Chelsea and Tuchel kind of have struggled, although they've gotten away with it. The game against Burnley, I think the game against even Malmo, this scrappy 1-0 win where yeah, yeah. Uh, they're kind of missing Lukaku and even then when Lukaku has kind of been playing before the injury he has struggled which is typical Lukaku again and I it just, so it just baffled me how player Lukaku struggles uh, for a lengthy period of, uh, period of time yeah. and uh, coming to the Champions League I mean honestly I think Liverpool has a chance again big chance uh, to win the European Cup I do not think the likes of Madrid or Real Madrid or uh, or uh, Barcelona or even Atletico Madrid are in the running for the Champions League this season. I'll be surprised to see any of those in the in the last four. Uh, although mm-hmm. Bayern definitely should, and Bayern are a big force under Nagelsmann, so I think Liverpool should be in for it definitely. Uh, yeah, like you said, City probably sh- might struggle again. Uh, with missing out on a striker, but then you they just toyed with Man United and um, are pretty good at it. And yep. you know, maybe they all go back to their you know, if, if Pep kind of doesn't overthink or doesn't overcomplicate stuff, you know, they might just be in it. And it will be it will be sad and bad for for the Premier League if they do not 
you know have at least one team in the final if not two of the champions yeah. league because yeah. like i said i think juventus are not there anymore at least for some time barcelona and the spanish teams will take some time so english english teams should be um, counting on their chances uh, apart from man united but then you never know they got cristiano ronaldo so has to be england has to be one english team in the premier in the champions league my bad right yeah. so we talked a lot about Liverpool and obviously we wanted to kind of preview the Arsenal uh, game here and uh, we did talk about Arsenal in the, in the beginning and we'll come to them now Tavares oh Bamian good football again Smith Rowe might have to go on his own this time Emil Smith Rowe he's still going the flex is a post and in Like I said, unbeaten since they lost to Man City 5-0. They have been resurgent, a resurgent Arsenal. And they are fifth in the Premier League. Mm. Just two points behind Liverpool. Arteta, like you said earlier in the pod, that uh, Arsenal beat the only one tough test they had was against a... a a Spurs, yeah. <laughs> a Spurs team, which uh, I, that's why I was fumbling there because I didn't know what kind of adjective to use for Spurs. So Spurs, these Spurs. So apart from that, I think this is kind of, in my opinion, first real litmus test for uh, for Arsenal and Arteta. Uh, yeah. What do you think? I mean, it's a big litmus test against the against a pretty good Liverpool tie, Liverpool side coming back on that uh, on the back of that three two defeat against West Ham and at Anfield. Thoughts, right? So I think yeah, the we we don't have to just label the game as whether it's a big game or not. It's obviously one of the best games that happens in England. Although right. not, it's not in the context of whether what the form of the teams are, but it's just the names that are there. It's 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 a big mighty rivalry that goes ages, and right. you know how decorated Arsenal was under Wenger and how that rivalry shaped up between these two clubs and it's always been a great history great matches Shavin, here's Arshavin he's played in Arshavin he's done it four in the 90th minute what a night what madness <laughs> madness that was in <laughs> Moving from that decade to this decade and probably now 2021, Arteta, I've always hooted for Arteta and that, that this guy, if given time, would always shape up his team in a really ma- nice manner because I think even in Guardiola's success, we've, we've even seen the documentary, we've even read what Pep has his uh, view on Arteta. He knows that he, this guy has got what it takes to take a team to the top and the way he has shaped, he's been also the second mind in creating that invincible Man City lineup that everyone was probably scared for a couple of years, getting almost uh, 200 points in two seasons back to back. So that is that's just that's something crazy. I mean, to achieve that, no matter we 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 can counter that argument with that they instill money and bring in players. But I think to manage top players, you need a top guy on the field as well. And Guardiola, along with Arteta at that time, was a, a huge success. They, they both managed. And I think that pedigree, Arsenal saw to bring him in and give him time. Um, like I think if Unai or any other manager would have been in his place, they would have clearly sacked him with the string of poor results that even Arteta had but I think he's learned from his mistakes and he's mm. continuously improving his squad and he has a vision uh, to probably how he sees his lineup and 
I think I we, we were even before this part discussing about how he's trying to bring in the same philosophy that City has to to his current Arsenal lineup of hang having anchoring midfield players also who never are scared of going on top. Now Saka and Smithrow, as I mentioned, are being those players. From the last season as well, I've seen a lot of sharpness in Aubameyang. Aubameyang felt like a player who was just delusioned and he's lost his pace. He's not as sharp as possible. But I think that was also down to the time that it was it was a hard time for every player mentally as well too. And then the expectation to perform, we cannot just talk about that right now that we that we expect them to give their 100% during that time as well. But now this season, Aubameyang also has seemed to step up. He's been tracing back, pressing. So that this change, this particular positive change in his squad makes me think that they, they do have a chance. I mean, right now, just at fifth, which we were not looking that they would be at this particular stage when the season started. Like back-to-back defeats, I think three defeats were in a row or something like that. And they were like just rock bottom. Uh, there were talks about uh, Arteta being not surviving till the trans- winter transfer window. And hey, we are like just a string of good results and how the fortune turns for a manager in the, prim- manager in the Premier League. It is, I feel that even in the games Arteta lost, uh, it was not down to that it was a technically failure or, or something like that. His team seemed organized to me. It was not something like, like I've, if I talk about few good players that I've seen, he, he didn't have Ben White, which was a big name. He always was shooting about during the start of the season. So first few games, he did not have Ben White. And since the arrival of Ben White, the, he's a very vocal player. And, and along with Gabriel and Ben White, I see those two commanders yelling to the youngsters from the back and that that's that's the kind of atmosphere you want from a team on on, on a pitch so that we see from Diaz in city we see from Rudiger uh, in Chelsea we see from Maguire and Dehe also a senior at the back so they, they keep on yelling so that that entire team to drive that team forward and not back down when you are on a goal down so all that things are just coming up the team is shaping up so we always want a mature unit that has been together for one or two years and then they go full mighty on on to getting results for the team so that 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 entire thing seems to be uh, pushing up I've been listening to I think Neville's podcast overlap as well where he's been very critical of Arsenal and I think that's his always been his tone of when he's speaking out Arsenal he was discarding Arsenal out of the elite members of PL anymore so to which an Arsenal fan commented that that's, that's you cannot still discard us because uh, Arteta did get a uh, silverware last year and whereas United still falling short and other clubs are also falling short so you cannot just regard and give him a benefit of this transition gap doubt that he will create a team that will obviously challenge for the top and also the rumours so Arsenal I feel are getting an external lot of external pressure we with the Kronke being also pressurized that he's not running the club finances well and the club could be sold and all these rumors also piling up but they doesn't seem to all the hype that is around the club all the negative things that are around the club right now doesn't seem to affect Arteta now which I think was clearly visible when he was in his post-match interviews in the last year, he was always talking about that managers are talking about this thing, that thing, they're playing mind games, but Ayateta has gone a level up. I think that's where he's attaining his maturity and tackling those 
things and discarding those things out of his uh, view of focus and just focusing on each game at a time. So that's why I feel the way he's shaping his squad, the way these youngsters, all of them probably. So if you talk about the last... Uh, England game, it had max representation from an Arsenal squad. Four players playing from Arsenal squad. and Which clearly shows that the way he's building his team, it is growing and that Southgate is even realizing yeah. England, uh, other England managers and international managers are also realizing that that think what he's trying to bring in in the squad is clearly, clearly coming up. But I think Liverpool is still a big test and uh, if he gets any goal I think it's if the it's the home fixture against Liverpool if he gets any result here uh, a point also that'll be a huge boost for other teams and also would command him solidify him in the midfield of PL table yeah right right talking of the overlap first I think the obviously Neville was uh, Neville's point seems like a, a stupid one to say yeah. in the current scheme of things but then I remember uh, Carragher had a nice point I can't remember properly but I think he said that Man United will always be bigger <laughs> than Arsenal they have, have always <laughs> been and they always will be yeah. Uh, but yeah uh, you know on, seriously I think Arteta has absorbed a lot of pressure and he's done well I mean that only first three games first three losses to Brentford, Chelsea and City and heavy defeats all of them I think coming from that I think this has been a great comeback and you you do see a vision in, in that game you do do see what they are trying to do with the ball and you know players like Emil Smith-Rowe just get you on the edge of the seat which is what football should exactly be like you know young 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 players playing yeah. great football even combining well together the likes of Odegaard, Saka um, and then you know Obviously, you have the experience of Aubameyang and Lacazette in the front, which is which is kind of helping. It's it's a good blend of uh, of experience and youth, which is absolutely necessary for any successful football club. And I think they are they're moving well towards that. Um, yeah. Talking of Ben White, I think I I can't remember Arsenal having a proper top centre back who can command, like you were saying, who can command that penalty area, who can yeah, command Since Koscielny, that. I think there hasn't no, been. No, no, I will go back to Tony. I never, I did, personally, I can, I'll get a good bashing of it, but I think this is the best since maybe Tony Adams or Sol Campbell. I oh. don't think... <laughs> You're going like, like completely back. Um, probably, I have yeah. always, Golden I have ages. always maintained this point. I, I don't know if any of my friends from, from the university will remember this, but I, I always maintained this, that they have not had a good centre-back and I never I never ranked Koscielny, uh, to be honest. And I think Ben White is has the potential, finally has the potential yeah. to fill those shoes of, you know, Tony Adams, Paul Campbell. That my personal, that's my personal opinion. But yeah, um, and I, I, that's one of the reasons I feel strongly about Arsenal uh, going forward. Probably not this season. I think if they can squeeze into the Champions League positions, I think that would be just amazing. And I think with especially with the current form and the, you know, the league table doesn't lie. They're doing well and uh, they're just two points off fourth. And I think they can. Even if even if not Champions League, I think even at least Europa League place will be a success for Arteta. And I think they can build on that and get good proper players going forward. Recently came across one of his interviews. I think that was with Arsenal TV only. And they were like, what are the expectations Arsenal have from this season? And I think if you mentioned about creeping into the Champions League, I think that will be the biggest success yeah. um, Arteta would can imagine right now. Because the other four teams that are currently there, I don't see them like missing out on that spot. Even West Ham under Moes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should all take a bow 
about what what improvement he's done and also fact that ben white mentioned that he is he's been not watching so he was he was asked a question that whether he's watching other team players has been has he been following van dyke has he been following maguire or other, any other defender were on for that matter to 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 know where he can improve what he what they do but because he's still young right? very young and he's coming from the ranks and should, is he improving his game so to that point he mentioned that he he never tries to idolize anyone and he's uh, he's never been looking towards a particular player or watching his prior games to just that that he has to improve he he goes by what he does on the training ground and what he learns from the coach so which which tells that about his personality that he's trying to create a image of his own not being a replica of any other big defender but when we've seen even van dyke has been vocal about that fabio canavaro was his uh, someone he looked up to there were other netherlands greats uh, i mean van bronckhorst he looked up to and they've been player he been so we've seen all big players taking names about other big players they they look up to but his his personality seems to be developing in us he's creating his own name and creating his own brand and probably with seasons to come if he if he like the way they've managed clean sheets in last few games it's it's, yeah. it's crazy i was ruling right. them out of any clean sheet but ramsdale has been oh, what, yes. what a signing he has been and Absolutely. we were I was I was clearly blown away about the money they're spending and I think that we always bashed Arsenal for their transfer that they put money on someone that is not going to work and then but Ramsdale seems to be a a very very good signing and probably the keeper of the season so far for me so yeah. I think I'll get, I'll get bashed again for this but I guess again I think Ramsdale could be <laughs> filling those team and shoes because I don't think they have had a good keeper since Matthew Almeida Do you really think so? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Champions League final? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's been like there were dark days, but yeah. Yeah. He's... No, I think that's what I think they have sorted out the recruitment well this season. I mean, they spent a lot of money and they were getting they were being obviously being told in the initial parts, obviously because the results were such. But they have mm-hmm. they've come through that, I think, and they are they should really have a good platform to build upon. Yeah. Interesting. It will be right. So, Varun, uh, we were previewing this Liverpool and Arsenal game, obviously. And we, when we think of Liverpool, we talk Stevie G, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just a few minutes on this, and we will talk about uh, the new managers coming into the league soon on this part again, very soon. But since, like you said, like I said, Liverpool, Stevie G, he's back in the PL, uh, now manager of Aston Villa Football Club. Thoughts on the move? Probably a step towards that Liverpool dugout post club. Yeah, it's it's bittersweet actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very hard. I think even you wouldn't want Rooney to be on the touchline against United or any other great United player to be touchline. It's just that feeling. But I think uh, if I remove that emotion out of my picture and I see from a neutral point of view, I think that's the best he could have expected. And he was even linked to Newcastle. I don't know why that. thing didn't happen where he could have had a freedom of buying players as well which he didn't pick up and the club that is just going to go into heights uh, we know when oil money kicks in what happens so he didn't look that as a very good opportunity probably the position where our newcastle right now it felt yeah. felt maybe were was a very bigger task to to handle and it it could also come down to some uh, rivalry that liverpool newcastle do have because both clubs being a, a 
uh, a midland club and uh, just on the off if we talk about the england geography they both are both are coastal clubs very close to trading and that's a bitter rivalry as well just like united <laughs> liverpool has so that might be not taken in a very uh, good scenario among liverpool community but that's i think he did do that with aston so there is a history with aston that he once sat amongst the aston away fans <laughs> again mm. uh, aston liverpool game which was also he took it with a pinch of salt he was again celebrating liverpool but yeah fans can't be uh, like against him at that point and they felt that he was just trying to be part of the fans and watch game from a neutral point of view so there is obviously his history is there he knows the club in and out he's been very vocal about the players of uh, aston prior to even even the joining uh, the club and he has had good relationships i think with the the board he was mentioning that there is in their stakeholders is uh, if i'm taking the name right in their manager broshi is is their uh, uh, club manager who who's handling every internal affairs and he has had good relationships with him when he was i think manager managing england tours and everything so that i think instilled him like convinced gerard that this opportunity could be good but this overall move i mean it's it's big for gerard and considering he'll be finally playing against the probably the best pool of managers we've seen in pl for a long long time i think 2015 16 was a good time when even mourinho was here but apart from that this 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 is the most elite managers club right now anyone any league could offer and gerard being a part of it and i think we are seeing a push that players of our era are now getting into management and that's what we want, always wanted to see um an era where <laughs> gerard lampard scolzi and all all on the touchline against revolting against each other but i think that's the time and gerard would be quite emotional i feel when he's 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 been very emotional when the rangers won the title he was reacting like a small kid so i think that thing he cannot take out and we've seen that from lampard also he was quite aggressive on the touchline had i had a quite a spat with klopp as well last season so that that thing i think that immaturity i i should not call immaturity word with tv but i think that managerial wise the composure that you need probably on a touchline that might lack a bit because he'll be blown away by the kind of atmosphere the pl brings in and the managing a club and playing on the pitch there there's a difference i feel and this opportunity is just what he should just take with head on i think he has a good set of players with i if you see aston team on paper i don't see a bad line there and dannings being there lot of england players being there tiran minks being in the back line it's a good yeah. squad emi martinez probably the best keeper of last season so he has nothing to be cribbing about right now i think there can be few inclusions if the board uh, accepts what he wants but i think he'll be he'll be he'll be a success i don't want i would never want him to take reins from klopp after being sacked at aston i just wanted to be a happy ending at aston and then uh, mm. coming to liverpool after 24 so this that's it has to be that journey else it will <laughs> look bad because i think many chelsea fan would be sad when lamps left in that particular way they wanted obviously many wanted him to stay for a long long time but yeah pl is scary league in terms of results and let's see how klopp tackles that pressure but i am i'm quite confident he's he's having success with rangers also not a bad thing i mean it's it was a second best club in 
Scottish league now the first now the best club so it's, mm-hmm. and having an invincible season anywhere in the globe is 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 a is a great achievement so he's coming with a good uh, portfolio i think his resume yeah. looks up the mark uh, he's just craving for probably a good results in cups maybe good result in pl top 10 finish this season would just rank up amongst the top and he'll probably gear up for another good challenge of european places next season so that's i how i would see he will go about but yeah could expect anything i am not expecting a direct upliftment in form from aston i think he, every manager takes his own time and gerard is not there yet uh, he will and the pl pressure it be and outrageous pressures i think he to to reach the mark of conte and all you just have to have some failures at some point of time and when you learn from them then you grow as a good manager in pl so that's right. that's where i see him right now i think uh, first and foremost you know i think he i think he did the right job i think uh, newcastle could probably be a still a mess with the ownership just coming in and you know not having the right structure in place and all that whereas he i think villa are are set for for a good time in the in the premier league um, and all have goes credit goes to dean smith to be honest for his good job in the last couple of years uh, also he has a good relationship i i believe with uh, this villa ceo christian perslow and Le- gerard kind of shares a good relationship from with perslow uh, during his time at liverpool um, in 2009 i believe but yeah i think he did the right job but still villa are two points of the drop which is probably why they got rid of Dean Smith so he it's not going to be probably a bed of roses for Stevie i think uh, he has a good difficult task ahead but has a good squad and good recruitment being done hopefully he gets lucky with injuries which was not the case with Dean Smith uh, also listener and Varun just for your knowledge will I play Liverpool at Anfield on December 11th so there's some homecoming coming up for you guys out there <laughs> Right. So, Varun, thanks for your time, mate. It was great having you on the pod. Um, and listener, uh, hoping you enjoyed the pod. And uh, this time, I assure you, no more elongated breaks. Uh, we'll surely be back soon, uh, like very soon. Thanks, Varun. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Amol. Thanks, Amol. It was fun conversation. Yeah, and looking yeah. forward for a few more. Definitely, definitely, a lot more, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, listener, hope you guys have a good weekend. And uh, if you enjoy the return of club football, before you leave, make sure you press that follow button on the pod. Cheers. Take care. Bye bye.